hey, let's uh, let's jump over to our interview, Shane, of Mike Griffith. Really gracious with his time here. Of course, Dog Nation AJC is a Heisman Trophy voter. He's covered the <laughs> SEC for a long, long time. Auburn, Tennessee. He even covered Mich- Michigan State for a little while when they ran, made their run to the college football playoff. And he just does an outstanding job. He's always an entertaining interview. So let's kick it over to Mike Griffith, Dog Nation. All right, we're pleased now to be joined by Mike Griffith. You can follow him at Mike Griffith. 32 on Twitter, and this guy's a must-follow. He works for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Dog Nation, the go-to site for anything Georgia football and recruiting. He's a Heisman voter, and, man, he's covered the SEC longer than just about anybody on the beat. So, Mike, I really do appreciate you hopping on the line with us here. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Hey, so I'm going to get, uh, you know, firing right away because I know you got, man, it's game week. I, we're finally here. We got so much going on and there's so much news in Athens. But what I really wanted to ask you, because I've been, I've been hearing you hype up this unit all off season. How good is this Georgia defense going to be this year? Yeah, they're pretty good, Mike. It's funny, you know, Kirby Smart was talking the other night. And he said, well, maybe they're not as good as people think because they only had two guys voted preseason first team all SEC by the coaches and that's safety Richard McCown. And those tackle Jordan Davis. And Jordan's a big 6'6", 347 guy. I mean, he moves really well. Good feet. You know, his job is really to occupy people. You know, so you don't necessarily see those nose tackles put up numbers or get sacks. But you got two guys on him. And, uh, you know, it's his saying, two on me, somebody's free. And, and that's where those Georgia linebackers are freed up to make plays. So it, it's a really good unit, Mike. They bring back 8 of 11 starters from last year. Uh, about 80% of the production comes back from a team that led the nation in scoring defense and run defense and ranked third in total defense and eighth in pass efficiency defense. So they did some really good things. LSU was the only team they played that scored more than two touchdowns on them. And uh, obviously LSU was, was pretty dynamic and, and really Georgia was in position to make some plays. Uh, Got to give LSU a lot of credit. Uh, they had some guys just beat some Georgia guys one-on-one, but it's it schemed up really well. It, it's very talented and it's layered with very good depth. And I think that's what makes it championship caliber. Now, you know, you still got to score points to win, but as far as that Georgia defense goes, uh, I, I don't know that they'll be any better in the league this year. Now, you mentioned, you know, not a lot of uh, all SEC selections in the preseason. So I'm assuming you think there's going to be a lot more of those guys all SEC by the end of the season. Is that fair to say? Well, you know, the interesting thing about having depth you know, for Georgia, for example, I'll give you a good example. Aziz Ajawari was one of seven semifinalists for freshman of the year, but he didn't make all SEC. He didn't even make preseason first, second, or third team. He had 34 quarterback pressures, five and a half sacks, and that's good, but there's other ends with bigger numbers. Well, Aziz is backed up by Jermaine Johnson, um, you know, who's a six foot six, 260 pound guy that was the number one junior college transfer in the nation two years ago, and also by Nolan Smith who was the number one recruit in the nation two years ago. So you you go three deep of future NFL players and you're sharing snaps. You're not going to have the same numbers that that Vanderbilt outside linebacker will that's on the field all day and probably making two times more tackles than you because he can't get off the field in three downs and he doesn't have a good backup. So a lot of times when people look and vote all SEC, they look at statistics. And and that's not favorable for good uh, championship uh, defensive units. Now, Alabama, I think, gets a nod because they've been so good for so long defensively. Really haven't been the last couple of years when you think about it. But I, I think there's some cachet to that name. And, and I think that you know a lot of those guys get the nod 
uh, primarily because of the team that they're on. So uh, I don't know how many postseason uh, guys Georgia will have on it. I think if they win the league, that will have a lot to do with it. To the victor goes the spoils. Um, but I can tell you there's a lot of NFL players on that defense. And as I look at the starting unit, um, I'd venture to say that probably maybe nine or ten of them will eventually be playing in the NFL out of the 11 that start. Now, I really wanted to ask you about George Pickens going into his second year there at Georgia. And I assume you've seen the, uh, I think it was Georgia or the SEC one, they tweeted out you know, the SEC inside show and it was clips of Georgia just going at it in practice. And, you know, we just went down the list, all the Georgia defenders there. But the guy that caught my eye was George Pickens. I mean, he was making plays and he just looks like, you know, he was already good, but I think he's going to have an All-American type year. Do you think he can live up to that potential this fall? Well, you got to have a quarterback that delivers the ball, right? And and uh, you got to have a scheme that, that throws the ball enough. Again, a statistical reliant position. You know, you don't see a lot of guys, you know, make All-American without a thousand yards. And Georgia's only had a couple guys do that in their history, believe it or not. AJ Green and Terrence Edwards. So they don't have a track record of guys making 80 to 90 catches. Um, you know, if a guy makes 50 catches at Georgia, that's pretty good. They like to spread the ball around again. Uh, Kirby isn't a, a guy that's typically gone tempo. You know, they're going to try and have 70, 75 snaps. They're not going to try to have 90 to a hundred. Um, we've seen some great offenses do that, Mike. You know, I remember those Butch Jones teams, mm-hmm. uh, you know, led the SEC and, and set a single season record for offense. But when you play 90 to a hundred snaps, that's a lot of mileage on your defense. And it kind of wears your team out. And we saw that, what was it, 2016, I guess, Tennessee started 5-0 and and, and and was rolling. And then all of a sudden, everybody started falling over injured and the team being flopped, went 9-4, and and the coach was out. So, uh, you know, those offense, Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M, I guess, is another example of that. Aggies would always bait in November, seemed like they were burned out. No, they were playing 90, 100 snaps a game. Everybody else was playing 70 to 80. In a month, that's like you're playing five games and everybody's playing four. So, uh, you know, the game plan and the tempo has a lot to do with who gets the numbers. Uh, so to answer your question, don't know that George will be an All-American, but I do believe he could be a first-round NFL draft pick. Very talented guy, uh, 6'3", 6'4", incredible um, catch, catch range. I mean, anything around him he's going to get. Uh, decent speed, right? Not mm-hmm. the fastest guy, but he's got good game speed. So he can beat you deep. Uh, but where he really gets you is on those out routes. You know, the quarterback throws a well-placed ball to the outside where George is the only one that can get it or it's incomplete. I think you'll see a lot of that from George. And uh, he's also a very aggressive guy. So he'll beat up that cornerback when he's blocking, when he's not going out for routes, and he'll fight off that press man. So for George Pickens, it's really about uh, keeping his emotions in check. We saw him get thrown out of that Georgia Tech game last year for some extracurricular after the whistle. A lot of teams are going to try and bait him, Mike. So it's going to be up to George to manage the emotion, and it's going to be up to George to find a quarterback that can get him the ball. Now, is this the year you think Zamir White lives up to the hype? Because I'm hearing a lot of good things about the Georgia running back. You know, we all know he's had some injury setbacks. Now looks good to go. What uh, type of season are you expecting for Zamir White? Yeah, I don't know that he'll ever live up to being the number one running back in the nation. And that's what he was when he was coming out of high school, before that second knee injury that you talked about. So he's had ACL surgery on both of his knees. Last year, he didn't really play a whole lot because DeAndre Swift got most of the carries and Brian Herring got a little bit of the work. thought he looked okay in the Sugar Bowl against Baylor. Um, started to see a little bit more of him. 
But, but what's happened to Zamir is I think he's kind of the, you know, the, the traditional eye back, you know, the deep back, the Adrian Peterson type that you want to get, you know, 10 yards deep in the backfield and gets a run and start and hits the line of scrimmage. And Georgia, I think, is kind of switching into a little bit more of that single back three, four wide set where he's going to have to do more in space. So, you know, maybe this doesn't play to his strength, but it's probably really good for Zamir because a lot of NFL teams want to want to see backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield and can operate effectively out of shotgun. Uh, I do think it kind of neutralizes some of his strengths. I still expect to see him in short yardage, goal line, third down, things like that, and, and probably first down even. But James Cook is the guy who really fits back there, one of those human joystick kind of guys, really good in space. Reminds me a little bit of a young Alvin Kamara. Now, Alvin's done some great things in the NFL. He's grown up a lot since college. And, and James is not where Alvin Kamara is right now. So I want to be very clear on that. He's got a ways to go before he can see, before he's up to the level of the New Orleans Saints Alvin Kamara. But he might be the Alvin Kamara that was a junior senior at Tennessee um, in terms of his ability to do things in the open field and, and run good routes and catch the ball. So you've got two really good backs there. And another guy named Kenny McIntosh to keep an eye out for. As the season progresses, Kenny's got a nice blend of that power and open field ability, uh, made the most of his opportunities last year. So they got decent backs back there, Mike. I'm just not ready to say that, that it's going to be in the lineage of uh, uh, Swift, Michelle, Chubb, Gurley. I'm just not ready to say this next guy kind of rolls off the tongue yet. We'll have to wait and see. All right, so what's the tougher game for Georgia this year, in your opinion? I think everybody's circling Alabama, but I think Florida – Maybe the real, I mean, obviously that's another big game, but if you had to pick one, which one do you think will be the tougher test for Georgia this season? Well, it would probably be Alabama because of their offense. You know, Alabama puts up points. Um, you know, it's what they've done, and I know they've got a little bit of a quarterback situation, but they've got probably the best running back in the league. And it's a road game. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot at stake, uh, a lot of eyes on that game, top five showdown. You know, the Florida game for Georgia, they've won three straight now, Mike. And, and they've won it pretty decisively. I know last year was a touchdown, but the, Georgia was in complete control of that game. In fact, going into the fourth quarter last year, Florida had negative yards rushing and only three points on the board. They kind of got their points because Kirby might have backed off a little bit, like he did against Auburn when they were up 21-0 to zero going in the fourth quarter. Georgia gets a little more conservative on defense, starts trading some yardage underneath per time, and, and plays that game out. That's kind of how Kirby does it. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, Florida lost three or four senior receivers and they lost their running back. Now they got their quarterback Trask back, but their offensive line wasn't real good last year. Uh, they're one year older. I don't know that they're one year better. Uh, defensively, they lost some strength up the middle, right? That, you know, they lost their middle linebacker, uh, some interior defensive linemen, and they had some breakdowns at safety that Georgia was able to um, exploit. So from a matchup standpoint, I think Alabama is a tougher game. Uh, the fact that Georgia has to get on an airplane and fly to Florida, though, for, for what should be a home game, that, that could be tricky. I don't know where we're going to be with COVID the first week in November. Um, you know, both teams have a bye week, uh, and I don't know where Georgia will be record-wise either. I mean, they got a tough stretch with, uh, you know, after Arkansas, you got to play Auburn at home, right? And then you got to play Tennessee, and then you got to play Alabama, then you got to play Kentucky. You got those four games right there. If Georgia trips up twice and, and Florida somehow stays undefeated, it's a different game. You know, Florida's playing for the East, and Georgia's kind of saying we're out of this thing, right? Um, but from a matchup standpoint, because of Alabama's offensive talent, that gives them the best chance to move the ball on this defense, and that would put pressure on the Georgia offense. I don't see another team right now 
that can put pressure on the Georgia offense. Because what I think Georgia will do, Mike, is they're, they're not going to uh, – I know they've talked an explosive game, but until JT Daniels is under center, I think you're still going to see a pretty conservative game plan. And uh, I don't think – you know, the way to beat Georgia is to force them into, into getting aggressive on offense. That's, that's been the formula. That's how LSU did it, and that's how Alabama did it. I don't know that I think Florida can do that. All right, so I'm not going to ask you for a record prediction because, you know, we all know what a weird year this is and, you know, just 10 games. So, you know, even winning nine games is probably a good year, but that's not a good record normally. So by the end of the season, final SEC East standings, where are you picking Georgia to finish in those SEC East standings? I think they'll win the East. I do. I, I you know, I, I, the schedule's not good for them. I, I know when you look at the, the whole, the, if you look at, wait a minute, look, look at who they play. The problem is the way they play them. And the problem is, is that the offense has got to come together and there's no grace period. Like I said, you get one warm up game, right? You get Arkansas and, and you don't really have your quarterback. JT Daniels is, is going to be the guy when he gets back from the knee. So you don't really get those reps with him. And then again, like I said, I'll say it again Auburn, Tennessee. Alabama, Kentucky, to me, that's the most physical four-game stretch that anybody's going to play in the league. Um, you know, Auburn is a rivalry for Georgia, as you know. Um, Tennessee is, is a physical team. I mean, you know, Jeremy's guys might not beat you, but they're going to bruise you up, right, defensively. And then Alabama's Alabama. Uh, and, and then Kentucky has kind of come on, and, you know, you got to give Kentucky credit. I think Mark Stoops has done a nice job recruiting, and they're very good at the line of scrimmage. I don't know if that they have the dynamic skill players, uh, to scare you if you're Georgia, but they're good at the line of scrimmage. And that's a tough four-game stretch for Georgia to survive. Um, so that makes it tough. But I'm just – I'm not sold on Florida. I, I guess I just – what I saw from Florida against Georgia, um, it was not impressive. I mean, Georgia has handled that series the last three. It's been convincing. It hasn't been a, oh, boy, that was close. No, it really wasn't. And so uh, – and there's no reason for me to think that will be different when I look at Florida's personnel because they lost uh, so many key guys uh, in terms of experience at receiver and, and a really good running back. Now, they may have some guys emerge, Mike. We might have this conversation in three weeks, and I might go, oh, my gosh, Florida sure does have a lot more playmakers than I thought. Um, as you said, things can happen. Or Georgia can have injuries. You know, we were talking about you know Tennessee a minute ago. I think they lost about half their defense off that top-10 team in 2016. So Georgia gets four or five injuries on defense could be a different conversation but as things stand I, I like george to win the east and i think it's wide open as far as who could be second you know tennessee kentucky florida um i i, I take any you know who knows i mean does will Muschamp put something special together so um, I, I do think george is a, a a level ahead of the rest of the east well mike i guess you haven't heard uh, dan mullen says they're only seven points behind him but uh <laughs> I think you make yeah. a lot of good points. Well, they there. were on the scoreboard. That was the final score. And, you know, Eli Wolf with that third and seven catch to run off the clock. Um, you know, Kirby kind of played it close on his conservatism. It bit him against Alabama in the SEC title game a couple times, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess that's just kind of my thought right there is as things sit, right, as things stand on September 23rd, and a week we might have a completely different conversation. Hey, I, I, I got to get you out of here on this final one here. I know you got to get going here, but I think Kirby Smart, I think he's now the best recruiter in the SEC, better than even Nick Saban. Is Kirby Smart going to deliver a national championship to Georgia before his uh, coaching tenure in Athens comes to an end? 
Well, that's, that's a tough one. You know, it takes time. It took Spurrier seven years at Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Year five for Kirby. I'm trying to think. I think Philip was what? Maybe three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Philip was year six. This is year five. And, and it's not played in a vacuum, right? So, you know, Big Ten, Ohio State's only got to play eight games this year. Clemson plays an ACC schedule. You know, sometimes the best team doesn't win a national championship. You know, Georgia was the best team in 2017 and didn't win. Um, so you, you, you got to get there and you got to get a little lucky. Um, he could, I think he'll have him in position to, for sure. Uh, Georgia's got a lot to offer. Mike, one of the keys is that their facilities are catching up. They, they've had 150 million in the facilities improvements since Kirby's been hired, uh, and in 2016, that's big. They were behind in facilities. They were lagging behind. So the fact that they're getting that football building and the fact that they added the West end zone, uh, they're catching up to the Tennessees and the LSUs and the Alabamas of the world that have those elite facilities. That's going to help a lot. Um, you know, they got a great in-state recruiting base in the state of Georgia. That certainly helps too. But, uh, you know, when the pedal hits the mat, you got to get it done. And uh, uh, I guess if I was a betting guy, I would say probably. I wouldn't bet the house on it, though, because I've seen a lot of great coaches. How long did it take Bobby Bowden, right, before he won his title in 93? He'd been, he'd been at it quite a while. Steve Spurrier, for all those great Florida teams, only won one. So it, it, it takes some luck. It takes being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, as it stands with Ohio State only having to play eight games and Clemson playing in the ACC, I'm going to tell you, those teams are going to have a lot less mileage on them than these SEC teams that have 10 games. So um, I think that happened to Alabama a couple years ago when Clemson beat them for the national title. The Alabama team we saw in the regular season was outstanding. But by the time they got to Clemson, uh, two was Gimpy, injured, and they weren't the same team they were in November and uh, October. So it, it's a long season. Um, Kirby, Kirby probably will, but I don't think it's a slam dunk, Mike. I really don't. All right, he's Mike Griffith. You can Once again, you can follow him at MikeGriffith32. Head on over to Dog Nation for everything Georgia Bulldogs related, even recruiting news. They're deep diving on that stuff too. Mike, I really, really appreciate you hopping on with us here. Uh, that means a lot to me. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate your work as well.